0: Hello again, friends, and welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of My Life in Miniatures. Uh, yeah, who'd have thought we'd get this far, folks? Uh, my name's John, I'll be your host, uh, and I'm from heresyandheroes.com. Well, I say I'm from there, I wasn't born there or anything, but um, that's that's where you might know me from. Uh, and you might well know my guests there as well. We're going to be talking to em, uh, Emma, who you will potentially know ass Electric Eve on Twitch or Instagram or Twitter uh, about the miniatures that have shaped her hobby life and career and uh, and everything else. Uh, we're going to be talking to her a little bit later on after my uh, rambling intro, which I promise won't be as long as last week's rambling intro. Well, we'll see. Sometimes I get carried away. Um, what have I got to tell you this week? I've got... Oh, I finished a miniature. Yes, I actually finished something. Well, I say finished. Um I painted up a Sarastus Knight, which I think in 40k is called a Knight Lancer, but um, for some reason in the Adeptus Titanicus it's just called a Sarastus Knight. Uh, I finished it, and I put it on heresyandheroes.com, where you can go and take a look at it. Um, well, I finished it enough for a blog post, because I'm thinking, it's, it's pretty nice, I've tried to do a good job with it, and I might take it to Golden Demon. I've got one of them tickets, may as well have a crack at it, right? Um... So yeah, uh, I've got that done, which kind of then leads me on to a bit of uh, hobby freedom, which is, uh, I always think of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to space and they smash the ant colony and as the ants float out into the void, they're going, oh no, freedom, horrible, horrible freedom, um, because I don't know what to do with myself. Um, I've got a, a a big mini that I've been working on for a while that I'm sort of slowly, you know, I'll pick up and I'll do like a couple of tiny bits to it every now and again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to do some necromundry stuff next. I don't know what, but I, I missed the Underhive. Um, it's, it's my natural setting I feel. Um, so yeah, probably going to do that, but I, I don't know cause I can't start a new demon thing now. I can't, I mean, some people might be able to, but it's like 50 days away and, um, you know, between life and relationships and things to do and work and all the rest of it, um, I do not know how many of those 50 days I will actually have free um, for painting things. So I I can't start something new there. But I've got things that I'm working on, things that I'm happy with, so I'll just crack on with those. Um, And I've actually... See, uh, I, I am very, very fortunate in that I work in a job where I get quite a bit of holiday time. Um I'm not a teacher or anything but I you know it's not that good. Um but I, I do get a fair bit of holiday and uh, I've actually been able to use up a few of the remaining days that I've got for the current year that I'm in because our holiday um switches in October. So before October I had a few days to use up and I've pretty much put them off just so that I can spend time with the things that I want to take to Golden Demon and just touch them up, you know, just, if there's anything I can improve, if there's anything I can make a little bit better, if there's anything I'm not happy with that I want to change around, I've got the time to do it. So I am, I am very happy with that situation. Um, I'm also very, very happy with the fact that it seems a lot of very good painters, um, have got tickets now after the, uh, August 8th released. Um, I mean, I'm I'm happy because it means a lot of wonderful people will be there, and I get to see firsthand some of their great work. It does make Operation John somehow sneaks a bronze uh, a little bit trickier, you know, got to admit. But we'll see, you know, where there's life, etc. Um, <laughs> what else has been going on in the hobby this week? Middle-earth. We've seen some very nice Middle-earth miniatures, and I've got to tell you, I... I know I seem to say this about every game that comes out, whether it's Ashways or Warcry or Kill Team, or, but the new Middle-Earth set looks amazing. Um, I'm very excited about that, especially the new character sculpts in it, which just look beautiful. They absolutely look beautiful. Um, and I, I really want to um, pick that up and check it out when, uh, when the time comes. We'll see. Um, you know, I've got so many... Boxes now that I just don't have any time to work on. So I don't know. Maybe I should like take a sabbatical and just go and live in a cabin for a year and try and paint all of my miniatures. You know, no internet, no Wi-Fi, just no TV. Just me, my paints. Um, that would be that would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be one heck of a hobby holiday. Um, I don't think anyone is going to let me do that. <laughs> but you know, one can dream. Um, also, uh, if you want to see some really cool stuff that may be going to golden Demon, I want to give a shout out to um, Cult of Paint. Uh, you may remember episode two, I think, of this podcast in season one. Uh, we had Henry Steele on. Uh, Cult of Paint did uh, their own podcast on YouTube, which you can just find them on YouTube um, by going to uh, looking for Cult of Paint uh they did one all about golden demon predictions and uh there's some really cool stuff in there um i'm really looking forward to seeing those miniatures in the flesh i think that's going to be really really fun to see um right that's that's been my hobby week uh i think have i done anything else no not really it's too hot at the moment i've gone back to full troglodyte i haven't opened any of my blinds or curtains uh, and my flat's nice and cool right now. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with how chilled it is in here because it seems a lot less chilled outside. Um, because I live in a part of England that is, uh, you know, year by year turning more and more into something akin to the Sahara Desert. Um, we're getting warmer and warmer. Uh, global warming is definitely our fault, etc. But that's that's all on a side. You don't want to hear that. That's not what you've come for. You've come to hear a wonderful hobbyist talk about the miniatures that have shaped their hobby path uh, throughout their life. And we're going to do that in just a moment with my guest this week, Emma. Um, now, some of you may remember Emma from... She was on Warhammer TV many years ago. Um, but these days she is to be found mainly on twitch and instagram and twitter uh if you want to go and find her on twitch or instagram just search for electric eve uh that's e-l-e-c-t-r-i-c-e-v-e electric eve um and you can probably find her that way on twitter as well but if you want her actual uh twitter handle it's i can't think m uh m spelled e-m like emma uh, because that's a name um yeah, no, we had a wonderful discussion uh this week and I, I really am looking forward to listening to it again because that's what I'm about to do now. I'm about to jump in and edit it. Um but yeah, I I'm gonna say this. Let's see how I do because um I really have to thank Emma for doing this because uh she was not very well for a couple of weeks before we did this uh recording. We had to reschedule a couple of times. Um so there's gonna be some coughing. I'm going to do my best to get rid of all of it. You, I'd, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I'll do such a good editing job that you won't notice. But maybe I won't, and, and one or two will get through. But um, So, you know, I apologise uh, for any coughs that get through. It's certainly not Emma's fault. She was ill. She was gracious enough to do this. Uh, and I can't thank her enough for doing so. Um, but, yeah, let's see how my editing goes. Uh, and... <clears throat> there you go i'll cough as well that just uh, that helps it but that was more of a sort of clearing my throat because uh this is the bit where i say without any further ado here's my conversation with electric eve or emma emma hello how are you
1: hi um i am doing okay i'm recovering from being ill but otherwise fine uh normal
0: <laughs> good good well we're glad to hear that you're on the road to recovery absolutely um and hopefully it will aid your recovery with uh, going down memory lane to some pleasant memories of uh, your life in miniatures and the miniatures that have shaped your life and career and, and hobby and everything else
1: um, um,
0: so we're going to go all the way back uh to the very beginning tell me first how does how does emma younger emma discover Toy Soldiers and maybe even Games Workshop?
1: Um, Well, I made friends with some boys at school Mm -hmm. and um, I became very good friends with them. And I was over at one of their houses, um, as you do, when I was about 13 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said that I had to watch while they played a game and I was very bored um but um I did my one of my kind of friends did let me roll some dice and they said you know if you wanted to play you'd have to get your own toys because basically you can't play unless you have your own stuff yeah um and so I did accompany them like you you go out like shopping with your mates when you're like young you take the train it's a big adventure
0: of course
1: and to GW Reading and that was my
0: first GW as well
1: yeah, um, I talked to the man, the GW man, and um, he showed me all of the different things I could get into potentially in 40k, and I picked Chaos Demons. Nice, um, yeah, that's a
0: heretic, I'm very happy you picked some Demons, so that's very good. Yeah. Um, so, all right then, you. why in particular did you pick out the old metal Lord of Change and some Demonettes?
1: i so when i was little I, I really liked mythical creatures um specifically like i was really into pokemon as a child so you know the the three legendary birds and like phoenixes and you know all of that kind of stuff feathered dragons i was really into feathers and mythical creatures and yeah,
0: little changes are pretty good
1: pretty good yeah battle, yeah and i thought it looked really really cool um and the demonettes were mainly because they said oh you have to have a troops choice and i was like okay well i guess these ones will do <laughs> right <Okay. laughs> um and i remember painting those um completely white with bright green hair so Oh. yeah, yeah.
0: i like it very punky that's uh yeah. that well i've seen your lord of change and it is a I can, I now get there's a bit of Articuno and uh, Zapdos and I'm going to ruin my reputation among the Pokemon fraternity by forgetting the third legendary bird from mm-hmm. the first one. What was his name? Moltres. Moltres, that was it. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, because you've got the red, white and uh, yellow in there. Is that the yeah. direct inspiration there?
1: No, I just wanted it to look fiery. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Good, no, that's it. Really- <laughs>
1: Because the one on the box was blue and I was like, that's kind of cool, but I like fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds that's...
1: makes you sound very deranged, but yeah.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Um fire's wonderful. And yes, uh, thank you for squashing what I thought was a great insight there into into your <laughs>
1: um
0: but no, you just like fire. I just apparently. like
1: colours and yeah. Yeah bright things.
0: And how did you find painting? Uh, painting miniatures for the first time. Well you must have um... enjoyed it straight away.
1: I enjoyed it because, well, the boys that I was friends with weren't very interested in it. Right. And I got into it because, well, one of my friends was a bit of... Well, he made he made pl- pl- gaming really not fun. No. Um, so I took my time painting my models because I didn't want to play against him. Um, and it was just a lot of time spent very on my own in my bedroom as a teenager figuring out what the hell i had to do to paint these models i had i had no idea i was really into art and stuff but i'd never painted anything small um Mm -hmm. we did pottery at school and i think that was probably like the closest i'd ever gotten to painting stuff um okay but i borrowed some of my friends paints when my mum saw that I was getting into it, she got me the new shade kit when it first came out. Yeah, cool. Very nice. Because um, she wanted to encourage artistic stuff um, and get me away from the computer. Um, but, Good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it it was a lot of just kind of mooching about on my own and seeing whether I could make it look like I wanted to. Um Obviously, there wasn't all this posting online. Um, I posted it, I think, once on Bebo. None of my friends were on, on on like, into, into it, apart from these guys who were very nerdy kind of blokes who weren't really sharing stuff online. Yeah. So I shared it on Bebo, and I, I had one random stranger um, say, oh, you've got a knack for this. And that kind of pushed me to try harder.
0: Yeah, nice. It's amazing what the kind words of <coughs> a person can do. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and well done. Ten points for mentioning Bebo, which I haven't heard in years now. <laughs>
1: so. I was one of those scene kids on Bebo. It's very uh, embarrassing.
0: I, I don't even know what that is. Uh, uh. With
1: the, with the colourful hair and the stripes and the...
0: Uh, right, gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, I can't... What was my first social... I think I had MySpace... Very early on. And then I got annoyed that every time you logged on, um, it started playing music. (laughs) Um, But yes, memory lane of um, ancient social media is long dead. Um, (laughs) So the Lord of Change and the Demonettes, did they inspire more of an army as well?
1: Yes, um, I ended up getting a lot of demons. Um, I got Karanak next um, and some flesh hounds um because my friend my two friends that i had who played warhammer one of them played eldar that was a nice one and one of them played iron warriors that was the bastard one
0: right yes i I can see yeah what what (coughs) edition of warhammer are we talking about here
1: Mm, i want to say it was either third or fourth Right.
0: okay, okay it
1: was when chaos demons were new i don't know exactly what what edition it was because i i don't remember i just remember yeah. playing warhammer
0: <laughs> yeah no fine fair enough it was um that was the time when i was not playing warhammer so i, I have little to comment on in, in those editions but um yes that was during my break but uh yeah well i'm glad demons um you know part of the heretical pantheon so well done Um another 10 points there you, i don't know why i'm giving a, you points it all the time now uh, <laughs> it's a new thing for this particular episode of the podcast i think is uh, yes um okay let's let's move on then tell me about your harlequin void reaper
1: um it's it was something that i started painting when i got a part-time job at games workshop um after yeah. being 13 and being into miniatures i actually gave it up um until i was about 22 and at uni 21 Mm. and at uni i can't remember um and i got a part-time job at games workshop canterbury um and harlequins got all of their new stuff at the time and um i had always been eyeing up the harlequins but didn't want an eldar army at the time um but now they made it in they made harlequins you know their own thing and i was like okay yeah maybe i'll I'll, I'll paint up some some things and um yeah i i painted up to the void weaver and i i really enjoyed it um (laughs) i remember one of my peers saying oh no that's a that's a very adventurous um color scheme you're going for there and i was like i'm just gonna try i'm gonna see if i can do it yeah um it turned out really well um I still, to this day, don't really understand where that came from. (laughs) um, Because I just learned how to blend from my manager at the time using, like, feathering. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, I had a load of fun with it. um, And it was one of the first, like, armies that I collected, other than my Stormlords, that actually felt like it was mine. Like, my own own colour scheme kind of thing, so...
0: Nice. And to explain the colour scheme for those listening, it's that um, Void Weaver, because I said Void Reaper, I'm going to catch myself yeah. on that. That Void Weaver, um, it sort of blends from sort of purples into oranges and pinks. And yeah, it's quite a, it is a, well, it's a very pretty scheme, really.
1: Thanks. Um, it, it's, I wanted, I like to base things off um, time of day. Um, so it was like a kind of twilight, not the vampire rubbish no, stuff. Okay. But, you know, like the time of day, like the kind of evening um, into night kind of sky. It's got the little stars in the purple bit. It's got the orange of the sunset at the beginning. And it just kind of, it's that kind of pinky sunset vibes mm. feel.
0: It's very nice. Although now you've said Twilight Harlequins as in the vampires, I think that needs to be a thing. Just have a bunch of really sulky harlequins I think that'd be
1: cool.
0: um and then all right tell me tell me about why this is, this is really special
1: um it started my love of uh, eldar in general and it also got in me into white dwarf which was my first ever white dwarf submission um granted it took like two years to appear in white dwarf i got the um i got the email and i was i was over the moon um of course yeah but um
0: Yeah, I I, I waited it out and I was so excited when I first saw it in there. Yeah, because I mean, I'm lucky enough many years ago to get uh, to appear in there and I've been in a few times since. But it still just gives you a really, I don't know if it's satisfaction or achievement or there's such a wonderful feeling about getting into a, a copy of White Dwarf, isn't there? I mean, yes. why do you think that is? In an in an age where we can get, you know, 9,000 likes, not that I've ever had 9,000 likes off a picture, but you <laughs> could theoretically on the internet. Why is it still so nice to just have something appear in a magazine, do you think?
1: I think it's, it just kind of makes it like that official kind of, like even when, when it got actually published, funny thing it was, I was working for Warhammer TV, so my face was all <laughs> on the warhammer youtube anyway but it still felt really special because i guess it's in print like as someone who hadn't had anything in print ever apart from like you know entering drawing competitions as a kid yeah like it it, it kind of makes it super official um and then everyone sees it it goes around the world yeah um and, and, that, and that's just kind of neat i think um you get to see like it's. A, uh you know harlequin void weaver by emma durren you know kind of mm. just it's just kind of cool you it is to, very cool get to show your mum, and she kind of understands and they're like oh yes it's in a, it's in a magazine that's important yeah
0: <laughs> you're right i think there is something like that yes it's um and I've, i'm gonna guess you still have that white door i
1: do yes um uh-huh. I don't know where it is currently because I've moved yeah. house quite a few. But I do have it. I know my mum has a copy.
0: And <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, good. That's that's very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I still have my um I my first thing I ever got in it was actually in Warhammer Visions, and I've got all of those Warhammer Visions. And when I said that to someone, they're like, oh, you, let's have a look. And I couldn't remember which copy it was in. And I've got all. I think I only did about thirty of them, but. Yeah. Trolling for th- more. Yeah. They're thick. They are. So they, they, yes, they're nice little catalogues. Those things. Um, but yes, well, that's that's excellent. So, um, well done for getting into white dwarf. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, so let's let's have a little break from games workshop, shall we? Tell me about because um, this is something I've been trying to paint some larger scale things recently, and um, with mixed, mixed success. <laughs> And you sent me a picture of uh, a piece of your work called "Sad Fairy Tale," and it's oh, yes stunning. Uh, first of all, I have to say, Thank tell you. me, tell me why that bust is important to you, and and how you got on with working on it.
1: So, I it was one of the earlier busts that I've done. Um, I'd painted a couple beforehand, but this was the first one that I tried really hard on. Yeah. Um, it was a time where I kind of, I disappeared off the internet for a bit because I had to give my cat up and I was very upset about mm-hmm. it. And so I thought I'd channel my upset into something a bit more constructive than just moping. Yeah. Um, so I just really threw myself into it. Um, and I just, I knew the kind of look I was going for. And I wanted to see if I could do it. It's more of a challenge to myself. Yeah. So um, I wanted that kind of Disney Pixar, you know, almost very blended, high contrast kind of look.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually, do you know, funnily enough, when you sent me that picture, I thought more, less Disney Pixar and more Disney sort of uh, like the original Snow White, uh, not comic, cartoon film. <coughs> um,
1: ah, yes. Um, she's got a very expressive mouth. I think that's a bit like that.
0: Yes, and, and a, a slightly shared colour palette perhaps as well. But um, mm. So tell me, uh, I'm asking this uh, A, because I'm sure my listeners would be fascinated, but also completely for selfish reasons. <laughs> um, when you go from painting stuff in heroic scale or 28mm or whatever we're calling Warhammer these days to painting something of a larger scale like a bust, how does how does your painting change? How, how do you approach it differently?
1: I think there's a much larger focus on like s- things that you would just paint in a pass on a smaller miniature. Yeah. So like on sad fairy tale, like the beads on a necklace, I would have just kind of like painted them, highlighted them, shaded them, whatever, and moved on on a small mini. Cause they'd be tiny. Yeah. But on a, on a larger miniature, um, or, you know, figure, um, you can really focus in on like the eyes and give them real expression and I know it's possible on like smaller miniatures, but it's it's something you can really explore and dig into uh,
0: yeah.
1: on a larger scale and what I notice changes the most is that you can you can explore more and i I kind of like that i I enjoy it it's it's a it's a very different process to painting a heroic scale mini um yeah. because. I mean, I think the techniques translate differently as well. You get like edge highlighting was how I taught was taught to paint um yeah. by Games Workshop on many busts. You know, there's a lot of skin going on. You don't you don't want to edge highlight that most of the time. Um yeah. there's a lot more kind of um depth that you can add into it. Um and everything's just blown up. So yeah, it's painting smaller things, bigger and you start to like you know notice the I don't know the glint of their earrings more than
0: yeah that's true yeah um, I and, think, yeah uh, I I think the thing that I've, I'm working on a well it's 54 millimeters so it's not that much greater than heroic scale um, but I just find my it feels like my brush is just freer like it's, it's, it's yeah. not, I'm not trying to hit some tiny minute little you know, in between a shoulder pad and a neck bit, you know, I've actually yeah. got space to move it around. I just, my hand feels a lot more sort of free and um, relaxed almost when I'm painting that. Do, do you get that as well or am I just being weird?
1: No, no, I I, I I totally get it. I actually paint like busts and stuff in my spare time because it chills me out. Um, it, I, I also really enjoy painting really tiny miniatures as well. Yeah. I, there's just something really quaint and cute about it.
0: Yes, yes. Um talking epic scale or slightly bigger?
1: Uh, slightly bigger than epic. I've got these elves of Ineath by Forge, and they're like these mm-hmm. little kind of cute little forest elves. And they are, compared to like Warhammer, Very, they're a very different scale. They're very skinny, kind of pointy little things, and they're adorable. And I love the tiny, tiny minuteness of them no but um yeah no I totally get it 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 definitely feels like your brush is freer um there's just a lot more room for experimentation I feel like it's both more intimidating for that reason but also kind of more it it does actually give you more freedom when you kind of think about it
0: yeah you're right I think you need (coughs) you need a level of confidence in your ability To then, you know, to make that leap from something you're very, like I've painted Warhammer stuff for, you know, most of my life, but suddenly jumping on something bigger, if I didn't have the confidence in my brush skills, I would feel quite like I'd just gone from swimming in a paddling pool to being thrown in the ocean sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, um, thank you for talking us through sad fairy tale. Um, it's, it is a beautiful piece. I do recommend people go and find it on, uh, Emma's Instagram uh, account, um, which I will do uh, another plug for in the outro of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so let's, let's quickly hop back to, um, to Warhammer with, um, speaking of large things, um albeit a (laughs) a different scale Uh, tell me about ignis your imperial knight
1: oh yes um my first foray into creating my own kind of character or lore (laughs) um so i had i have a i have a um a stormlord's army uh and i it was the first army i painted when i got back to gw um took it to a tournament um it did well um and afterwards i the imperial knights came out and i obviously i didn't have a space marine army or any really interest outside of my stormlords in space marines um at that time um so i just wanted to paint it to match my stormlords and my manager i didn't know a huge amount about it and he told me about you know how they like different night houses and all of that kind of stuff so i painted ignis to you know be part of my stormlords in a way um but it was the first bigger thing that i painted coming back into warhammer um i played around with lights i played around with magnets um i really got stuck in and i i just i really loved painting like the large armor plates that was something that i i just really enjoyed
0: they are a lot of fun definitely Um, yeah yeah and it, I think that's what the miniature sort of speaks to is definitely a sense of fun.
1: Yeah, it's got one of my old um metal that's a metal juggernaut on the base. Yeah. So it makes right. it very heavy. One <laughs> of my old 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 lads that that needed to be repurposed um from my demons. But um yeah, I explored painting marble because that's what that's meant to be on the on the plates. Doesn't mm-hmm. quite translate, but I still I still I still like it. Um, well i got that it was marble definitely <laughs> but uh yeah um i i just really enjoyed painting it um all the little plates everywhere it just made me feel like a a proper model painter you know i i don't know i don't know what you mean like serious model painter got a big robot he's um very important yeah you, know, you can snap in the guns and the you know the different uh things with the magnets um yeah very exciting very
0: cool yeah I know uh, yeah it's something about when you get one of those really big kits and just you know throw not necessarily all that you've got at it but sort of like you you do have that fun with it and you just try and do all these different interesting things and um, if it pays off even to to any degree and you know with yours a lot of it absolutely paid off I still I, th- I think all of it did um you were the one who mentioned not being happy with your marble but marble's very difficult to paint um but yeah I was, it's,
1: I was over the moon at the time like yes yeah, yeah well there you go <laughs> but, it,
0: it, but it does make you feel sort of yes uh, not a, uh, well yeah proper painter I suppose yeah that is a maybe that is the way to put it
1: yeah it's, it's a weird way of putting it um but, yeah, it was the first time I felt like, oh, yeah, actually, I might, I might be able to get in, you know, with all the magnets and the lights. It's a real proper project. It's a, it's a big boy project.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then did that, has that prompted a, a particular enjoyment of Imperial Knights since then?
1: Um, no, but it has. it has, I've always liked bigger models as a result. um like larger monsters um i collect garage kits um so the big kits from um china and um all of that um there's a taiwanese sculptor that i'm friends with and he makes the most incredible things but uh yes um it has sparked a big love for larger kits that i probably wouldn't have explored otherwise um because I just didn't know that other kits existed outside of Warhammer. Yeah. Until a little later on in miniature painting.
0: It, it is definitely something with Games Workshop's um, considerable market share, um, which probably ranges anywhere from ninety to ninety-nine percent. That um, sometimes you do think there is nothing but Warhammer out there, and uh, you really have to go looking to find anything else.
1: Yeah, especially when all your friends are just into Warhammer as well.
0: Well, this is also the problem. Yes, it's like I—I I had a, a a war machine army. I was actually talking to someone about this in the last episode, um, but I knew one other person who played War Machine, so <laughs> couldn't really find many games of it, and kind of just drifted out of it because so I was like, "Well, I've got—I know ten people who want to play Warham with me, and one person who's rarely available who wants to play that." So, yeah. yeah, but there you go. Um, uh right, let's let's move on then from your Imperial Knight and uh take me on to a very cool looking uh piece. Um I was really happy you picked this to talk about because I remember uh I think seeing when you posted this up for the first time. Um tell me about Usagi and Razor, if I'm pronouncing that correctly.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um I I painted Usagi and Razor as uh, a commission actually um it was always a mini that i'd wanted to paint and it was when i'd moved my commissions from army commissions into more display based things cuz that's what i enjoy painting yeah um and there was this collector from boston um who really loved my work and i was a little bit um, <laughs> overwhelmed by the fact that someone would commission me from halfway across the world because they liked my work.
0: That's pretty um, cool.
1: I I didn't really understand, but you know, I, I said yes um because it was a very cool model that I wanted to paint anyway. Cool. Um and I got complete creative freedom, but I did try and stick to I really liked the um character art that they did for the box. So yeah. she had blue hair and, you know, the kind of yellow um, spot colours. I just thought it was very cool. I But I, you know, added my own tattoos and I gave her hair like a blue to green blend. Yeah, And I really pushed myself to try and make a, I guess, an atmosphere in this one, which is something that I... I, I haven't really looked into a huge amount because um, normally I just kind of paint and see how it comes out. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I really tried to create, you know, I wanted her to look badass because she's not wearing much. She's wearing, you know, quite a skimpy outfit, but she doesn't have that kind of almost look-at-me-I'm-sexy vibes, if that makes sense. she yes. yeah. She has a very... Um, chill kind of it's not even aggressive it's just not super like kind of like selfie pose i guess is yeah. what i'm trying to say
0: serious um, and um she, she unapproachable kind of, perhaps.
1: Or. yeah a bit like a a superhero i guess yeah.
0: Um, yeah that's a very good way of putting it yeah
1: when they look kind of badass and kind of more like they know what you they're doing and stuff so i kind of wanted to get that kind of vibe across but also make her pretty feminine to match you know i i really love painting makeup i i I really enjoy it um i enjoy makeup on a on a normal level but on miniatures i enjoy the challenge of making making the faces look real i guess
0: yeah that's something I've, I've, i've only ever sort of you know uh very rarely have i tried to sort of paint makeup and it is uh I find it a great challenge, mainly because I don't really have much experience with it. <laughs> um, but yes yeah, so how how do you sort of go about that? what have you got any top tips if someone is trying to paint makeup so that because if I think if I tried to do it now, I'd probably end up it would look more like clown makeup, but that's technically makeup. Um, i mm,
1: I've, I have no like me wanting to get good at makeup did spawn from the fact that I kept seeing miniatures of women that were painted with the blue eye shadows and the red lipstick the yeah. very classical what i used to wear to my dance competitions as a child like yeah. stage makeup yeah and yeah. not every woman wears that makeup it's it's no. perfectly fine um but I, I saw it more often than not and i i just you know it's not it's not how most modern women look like
0: <laughs> um, absolutely you're right yeah
1: um, and it was more the choice of style that I just wanted to like, I love cat eye eyeliner. Um, so the, the eye tips, I guess I watch makeup tutorials as just yeah. inspiration for like a lot of the things that I would never do on my face. Cause my eyes are, uh, <laughs> different from a lot of the uh, creators that I watch, right. but, um, the, you know, just the application of color and, how it's translucent and where like the highlights go like if you highlight the inner eye that's a popular thing to do yeah. and you know just where to fade it out and make it trendy i guess um
0: yeah cool all right
1: but so, uh, yeah. references references help so much if you don't know what something looks like go and look at it and then try and make it uh, i know it sounds really like straightforward and kind of always feel guilty about giving that as a kind of advice no, i
0: guess but it good advice i mean yeah it, it definitely works it's some sort of strange search histories if you're just looking at it on, on a yes sometimes depending on what you're referencing um
1: but yeah i mean it always flabbergasts me that a lot of war gamers will keep folders and folders of rust inspiration and how dirt looks on the bottom of a bin and this puddle that they found on the floor that has oil in it but when it comes to painting faces, they're like, "Oh, I just, I just don't know how to paint the makeup." I'm like, "That you, you, you've got all the references for your other grimy stuff. You like, just mm-hmm. do the same thing. It will help a lot." That's a very,
0: <laughs> very good point. I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, well. That's that, that is a good tip. I think. And, <laughs> yeah, and what the other thing I was going to ask you uh, for, not necessarily your your tip, but I. I have tried painting tattoos before and one of the things that makes me nervous is if I've done a really good job on the skin mm-hmm. and then I go to, over the top of it and I mess it up. Ah, uh, yes. So what? how do you go about... Do you just have to sort of jump in feet first when painting tattoos or do you have a sort of plan? Are you super careful? or uh, How do you go about painting tattoos on skin?
1: I'm what? some of my friends would describe as irritatingly YOLO when it comes to tattoos. Um, I will just go for it. And if it goes wrong, I will try and neaten it up with, you know, the skin tone and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if it helps, do plan them out. You can sketch them on very lightly with pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, in the long run, something that does help is don't over complicate your skin if it's not needed yeah that's true
0: also true yes uh
1: because it makes it easier to clean up um yeah a lot of the skin that I paint is maybe like three different paints that I've mixed to get a lot of different tones out of um so I can normally color match quite easily but yeah um my my initial advice would be just go for it but if you're if you are scared of mucking up the skin because I know a lot of people take a lot of time over it um yeah plan it out Plan it out and sometimes it works for people um better than just going for it yes yeah. different strokes for different folks so yeah,
0: yeah. If you really if you want to do it like like um just chat <laughs> and dive in.
1: Uh. yeah I, I mean it's definitely it's definitely not worked for me before uh mm-hmm. and i have had a shop about it but you know it, it, there's, there's always you know ways of correcting stuff so
0: yeah, yeah. nice good um Now we're going to move on to uh, a real old classic of Warhammer now. Um, (laughs) Tell me about your second edition Eldar (coughs) Warlock.
1: Oh, my little warlock, yes. Um, It was a gift from one of my friends. Um, uh, Goes by the um, online name as Squigbait. He um, knows that I love my Eldar. I, I have a particular love for warlocks and spirit seers. I think they're... They're just wonderful. I just really yeah. like them. Um, and i would never seen one of these before, but they dug it out of the secondhand like thrift thing at Adepticon um, and stripped it in the hotel bathroom um, to wow. give to me as a friend, uh, you know, as, as a gift. Um, I didn't get around to painting it until like three years later in true wargamer fashion. Yes. Um, yeah. But, I painted it up to be part of my custom craft world um and i i really liked it um there's just i i don't have a lot of nostalgia for the old models mainly because i wasn't there yeah. when they were old like i my my like my first demons like the i had plastic demonets for example yeah. um yeah i didn't know about a lot of the i guess what people would call old miniatures um so i'd never i'd not painted a lot of this kind of you know all the metal minis and things like that um and mm. just had a a good time trying to make it look and fit in with my modern elder army was was fun um because obviously the new warlocks have come out um and very nice they are too. Yes, uh, I painted this um, when they were announced because um, I got really excited about it again. Yeah, um, it's surprising, honestly, how timeless those minis are, even if they are a little 2D and a lot shorter.
0: Yeah, um, no, the, the, the older ones have, I think, aged much better than all the other Warhammer Yes. Writers. Yeah. Um, I've got one of those, um, the Farseer, who's sort of pointing... Um, He's got his sword on his back and and things.
1: Ah, there's an adorable Farseer who's, I think, was on Made to Order recently. He's really short though, and Mm -hmm. he's, (laughs) as soon as I saw him, I was like, I need that one. He's so adorable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've I've got an old um, Blood Angels librarian from second edition, uh, which is part of my. Uh, blood angels heresy army and he is he's standing on a lot of rocks because um, no. he is very very tiny <laughs> he,
1: he needs a phone book
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think his psychic powers have withered his frame slightly perhaps and <laughs> um, that's my in in game way of doing it um but and hey look at it like this you took three years to paint it but you learned three more years of good painting skills so you did him even more justice than you could have done
1: yeah absolutely
0: there you go. Um, I was going to ask you. So, I get a sense um, from talking to you about a couple of these things. Uh, you quite enjoy creating your own your own law uh, behind your minis. So, could you tell us a little bit more about your custom craft world?
1: Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, I I kind of hyperfixate on like one or two things. Right. So I, I haven't created a huge amount of law. But the things that I have created law for, I, I did go for it. Um, cool. I, it's called Aestheria Anaris, and it there are there are custom craft worlds that I thought would be cool um, if they were mostly made out of wraith kind of constructs. Um, yeah. And I created this law. I would like to preface this with not knowing a huge amount of Warhammer law. Um, that's cool. I, yeah. I, this this may not fit in with the Warhammer law, um, but I had fun with it. So uh, that's a big
0: galaxy, <laughs> you know. <'cause laughs> time.
1: They are keeping a maiden world um, for the return of their craft world. Uh, they're guarding it against any incursions to keep it nice and uh, I would say fresh, but that's not really the word. Safe um, yeah. from you know to 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 regrow their craft world when when it ar- arrives um from the battle that they were in um the tragic part is is that i think we all know that they're, they're probably never going to turn up um sense that, yeah. but um i did i th- they got into white dwarf um they did an armies and parade thing for white dwarf and mm. i called it a new dawn uh which was very uh, uh
0: <laughs> i like it
1: yeah um Romantic. It it was meant to, yeah, they're meant to be the seed of a new of of a very old craft world that has mostly been destroyed, um, made out of race constructs that are just left on this um pretty much untouched maiden planet. And when I created my armies on parade board to go with it, um it has a lot of like autumn-based trees and all of that. And they tie in with my Harlequins, because they're robes for the um like the spirit seers and the uh, warlocks uh, and far seers, anyone in robes um, has like the orange to red robes, which Mm. is a dawn color with the bright blue plumes and the Harlequins bring the night, but the Eldar bring the day. And Mm, look at that poems. (laughs) This is my (laughs) my English literature degree coming in. (laughs) Useful (laughs) for at least something. Um, Oh that's, but, that's wonderful. Yeah, that that was the idea behind them. It's why they have flowers on their bases and hmm. um, I just liked the more peaceful feel that I wanted to create from my Eldar.
0: Yeah, I like it. It's it's really nice. Um Well, thank you for telling us about your craft world and um I look forward to seeing more of your Eldar, hopefully. Um yeah. but now we're gonna move on to something that you've uh only recently finished work on. Um, which is uh, this seems to be a theme when I ask people this series. What's the last thing you've been working on? Uh-huh. It's all the Horus Heresy. Yes, um, and you've picked the new um, very big tank, the Kratos. <laughs> uh, yes. How would you get on with that?
1: Um, I loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. I I have it's okay. So I I haven't painted many tanks. Yeah. Um, well. I've painted a lot of grav tanks. Haven't mm. painted many Imperial tanks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, the first one I painted was a Spartan, uh to get the kind of feel down. But the Kratos was the first, I guess, tank of that shape. Yeah. Chassis chassis
0: shape chassis. Yes. as fast. Yeah. Kind of chassis shape, yeah.
1: <laughs> tank shape <laughs> that I'd I'd painted. Um I I really like the Kratos as a tank. I really like tanks in general. Um nice. I did a lot of it at uni. I was very into tanks then, very into tanks now. And I was very excited to paint it in my Death Guard colours because I'd not I'd not I'd not really gotten very far with my Death Guard force when I first started, back when Betrayal at Kalth came out, cause just okay. stuff happened and I just I gave it up and went off yeah, on yeah. doing something else. I can't remember what I was doing at the time. But um yeah they're very it's death guard is is like a lot of my friends say that they don't understand why i collect death guard compared to all my other stuff
0: i was gonna ask yeah
1: it's it's very different it's grimy it's dirty they're fairly drab colors yeah death guard are known for not really putting all the insignia and adornments on they're known for being very kind of you know they're
0: not very plain
1: yeah exactly in the in, in in 30k i don't actually like 40k death guard just would like to also plop that in yeah. um
0: yeah no fair enough
1: I, I, only the 30k death guard for me um but yes i i was just really excited to paint something dirty and large Go <laughs> cool. yeah uh, um it yeah i i got to weathering and you know um quite simple things color wise really because you block out the colors mm-hmm. you I tried out oil washes for the first time
0: fun how'd you get on with those
1: um they're very fun mm. I like how they come out um they uh, save a lot of time with recess shading um that is very ha- true, yeah. th- they save my sanity uh, on mm. that honestly when I painted the Spartan, and I was like this is magical I think I might <laughs> have to do this on more and i just had a really good time painting something that's completely different to what i normally paint which at the moment is pretty ladies very clean um and sparkly and all that kind of stuff um i magnetized everything because i think magnets are cool like everyone else does yeah it just has that very satisfying snap yeah. yeah and i have crippling indecision anyway when it comes to what to equip my 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 vehicles with. So it all works options. out. Yeah. It, 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 it scratches an itch. Um, nice. and also it's, it's so cool. Like it yeah. It's, it's a huge tank. <laughs> it's
0: a massive tank. Some very cool guns that you can have. And you can have all of them or any of them or whichever ones you like. So yeah. and so is now the the Death Guard Horus Heresy army back in full swing?
1: It is yes. Um, I have painted a Spartan, a Kratos, the Damus Rhino. I have started my Leviathan dread. I'm in the middle of it. I have painted one man. Yeah, good. <laughs> one 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 guy. They've um,
0: that for 39
1: for Yeah. Um it's mainly because GW are doing this thing where they like releasing like legion specific stuff and yeah. I'm like massively aware that it it kind of is in I don't know how they're doing it but it's in like numerical order either way the Death Guard aren't gonna come anytime soon so
0: yeah, I was just like
1: yeah. yeah I'll just paint the big stuff first whatever um, yeah
0: why not I know I, I'm slightly annoyed because I, I did my Blood Angels Army um, well when Betrayal of Gath came out actually mm-hmm. um, I bought loads of the Forge Worlds um, shoulder pads and heads and torsos and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and now I'm too scared to go back to Blood Angels because I don't think I'll paint them in the same way. Ah, um, uh, yes. So I'm going to do different differently, which means I've got a lot of Blood Angels bits. Um, well, good. I'm glad uh, the Death Guard are getting some representation and uh, you're doing a lovely job on them as well. Um, and we've come to the end of your list of miniatures, but I've got a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests who appear on this podcast. Um, The first of these is... What's your favorite paint?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. It is, yeah.
0: I torture people with this question a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> I really like. Does this have to be like an all-time favorite or like a current favorite?
0: What your your choice, your choice.
1: Hmm, okay, so anything that resembles the old warlock purple from Games uh, Workshop. Yeah, you Can get it from coat Arms or whatever. Uh, magenta is my favorite color. Well, it's not my favorite, red's my favorite color, but magenta's like my favorite paint, yeah. Um, nice, but um, yeah, there's a magenta by Pro Acryl that I really like as well. And the magenta from Chimera Colors is very nice as well. So, I just have a yeah, if it if I could pick one, it'd probably be like Warlock purple, but. Warlock purple. It
0: is, it is a good one. Yeah, nice. All right, Warlock Purple, it's locked in. Um, <laughs> our last question for you. Um, if you could paint any miniature next, and it could be literally anything, it doesn't even have to exist yet, it could be just out of your imagination, or it could be something you go and buy off the shelf tomorrow in your local game store, what would you like to paint next?
1: Hmm. Um, I... I actually have a model that I want to paint next and it is a by a Chinese sculptor and they have painted like it's, they did a, a set of like kind of larger scale kits that are based on important flowers in Chinese mythology. Um, and each one has like a woman coming out of the flower that is themed off the flower, almost like she's part of it.
0: Nice. Okay. Um
1: and I have um, orchid and chrysanthemum.
0: I was I was gonna say chrysanthemum better be in there, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I just I, I want to paint the chrysanthemum one. It it just it's very cool. Um, it's not something I've painted anything like before. Um, she's not directly a pinup or anything like that, but it is just a quite a cool um, mini that is something different from everything that I paint at the moment so yeah. that's what I what I would like to paint next but I'm scared of painting flowers so okay I I yeah I, I want to be able to make that flower have the texture and you know the petal almost has that like mm-hmm. weird translucency kind of membrane Yeah. Yes, kind of yeah. and how the light would work on that so I've been very intimidated to face that so mm-hmm. i that's what i want to paint next but whether it will be it probably won't be it'll be like another i don't know stompy robot or something yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> oh, no,
0: that's good that's really cool And those um are those uh flower uh, chinese flower um sculpts easily available to anyone or are they quite hard to get hold of
1: um they're normally run in limited runs and yeah. i have a dealer <laughs>
0: Oh right,
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> um normally from these like um studios that you can like um you can follow them on Facebook is, is a lot of the a lot of the time, but there's this guy called Ruimar who I am friends with on Facebook and he basically gets in touch with all these like um freelance sculptors who end up making their own kit and need someone to help spread um their work in the Western world anyway oh, nice. so okay. i think lep studios do similar ones like they're, they're another like place where you can get those kind of sculpts um you have to be really careful with recast though with buying like garage kits over overseas because um recast destroy these smaller sculptors they, they yeah. really do so um yeah of course and honestly, some of the kits that I've gotten from these standalone sculptors, you get, like, I've had, like, little, co- like, medallion coins. Like, the 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 flower lady um, comes with, like, a wooden background to put mm-hmm. her in and a plinth. She's all magnetised. She's completely cleaned up. She's beautiful. She's ready to go. She's just completely already prepped for you. And really? I think that's because they're for people who also want to just a lot of people buy them painted. It's for collectors.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, that's very so, really cool. That's something yeah. I had no idea about. I did not know one needed to go and get oneself a sculpt dealer. Uh, <laughs>
1: but
0: now I do know, so I will hunt one down. Um, yeah, it
1: sounds really dodgy. It's not that dodgy, um, <laughs> but since COVID, the, the the postage has been insane. So, oh God, yeah. do, do not recommend currently. Right. Um, okay, but yes um very worth getting into and expensive but worth it
0: well <laughs> this hobby and expensive goes hand in hand anyway doesn't it it? So, it
1: does yes
0: yeah well um emma on that note thank you for uh telling me something that i didn't know and thank you for walking us through your life in miniatures it's been really really fun and um i hope you enjoyed yourself
1: yeah no it's been it's been great fun i've not looked at some of these minis in a little bit um so it's nice to it's nice to bring them back up again because I'm still really proud of everything that i've uh, I've shown you um even Mr Lord of Change who's called simon
0: well it, that's the perfect note to end on uh well so you should be <laughs> proud of all of this because um it's all wonderful to look at and um I will absolutely make sure that everyone goes and checks out your social media channels um after they hear this uh, I'll, I'll put some plugs in the in-, in the outro and the intro um so yeah um emma, thank you so much
1: yeah thank you
0: and there you have it uh, i'd like to say thank you again to emma for um you know really toughing that out and um I removed I removed a few coughs. I didn't quite catch all of them, just because you know the nature of this podcast is that we're having a chat. You know, it's just two people having a chat, and uh, sometimes the coughs clip into my sentences, and it would be really jarring if my sort of sentences just ended. So there's a there's a couple of coughs in there, but I, I removed plenty, and um, I want to say thank you again to Emma for being such a trooper. Um, And I'm going to remind you all, and I, I, you know, with all of my guests, I always say you should go and check out their work. You should, um, rather than me putting it anywhere, um, because I'm not technically gifted enough to do so, uh, go and check out their social media. With Emma, you can go and find her on Instagram or Twitch, as Electric Eve, uh, or you can search for I Can't Think M, uh, M as in E-M, on Twitter. Very much worth your time. She does beautiful beautiful work i can't wait to see what she's going to do um with those chinese flower ladies um that we were just talking about at the end there they sound lovely but yeah, I think that's pretty much us for the week. Um, I'll keep this outro relatively light. Uh, I'll remind you, if you uh, if you want to make sure that you never miss one of these episodes of My Life in Miniatures, uh, be sure to subscribe. You can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Audible, on Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite podcast. I should be on everything. Uh, including a lot of things that I, I didn't know I was on. Um, I was checking my analytics uh, the other day, and uh, yes, there's uh, some very strange platforms on there that are, are getting listens, but hey, whatever floats your boat, whatever you like going to. Um, and of course, you can go to heresyandheroes.com on the top navigation there. You will see MLIM MLIMLIM podcasts, and you can find... Uh, links to all of the episodes uh, on the RSS feed there. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter if you want to. I'm at Heresy Heroes, uh, or you can go to heresyandheroes.com. I'm just going to give, I'm going to do all the plugs in the world right now. Um, <laughs> no, I'm off to go and do some hobby. Um, I think I've earned it. Uh, i don't know why i've earned it i've just earned it you know by being alive by suffering through the incredible heat wave that is rocketing through the uk right now and making things all very sweaty and uncomfortable um well i'm going to go and get comfortable with my paint and my clippers and do some hobby i hope you've had fun doing that too i hope you've been able to sit down chill out relax and uh do some hobby while you've been listening to emma and myself chatting um yeah i think that's everything i've got to say uh we'll catch you next week uh have got another fun guest uh all my guests are fun i've never had a bad guest they've all been great and uh yeah i look forward to i say speaking to you speaking at you again this time next week on my life in miniatures have a lovely week